want you to think about the people you just shook hands with right now. Did you know that you shook hands with one of the most amazing works of creation ever? That was not meant to be a pickup line, and I'm sorry if that got a little creepy. <laughs> I'm talking about the human body. Our bodies are an amazing work of creation. In fact, I just want you to listen to just a few things that are taking place right now in your body in one minute at a time. In just one minute, these are some of the things that are going on. Number one, you are going to take 15 to 25 breaths in the next minute, and you will not even have to think about it. Aren't you glad? Number two, with every one of those breaths you take, your body takes in oxygen, which it needs to survive. And number three, what your body does as you exhale is it gets rid of what? Carbon dioxide, which is poisonous to your body. Number four, right now, if you had breakfast, your stomach is digesting your breakfast so that your cells can use that food to make energy for you for the rest of the day. Speaking of cells, number five, right now there are 10 trillion cells in your body broken up into 200 different types and they are all performing different duties for you right now. And then number six, this is the best estimate I could find that did you know in one minute over 18 million of those cells are going to die in your body? And yet, your body will replace them. Those are just a few. I mean, I'm scratching the surface right here of the amazing things that our bodies do, and they do them 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. The body is an amazing creation, isn't it? But here's the question I want to pose to us this morning. What does your body have to do with your spiritual life? I mean, we're at church right now. We don't talk about our bodies here. I do that with my doctor. You're my pastor. We're supposed to talk about spiritual things, right? Well, here's what I'd say to that. This is something I said last week. If you were here, if you weren't, I'll just say it again. One of the reasons Christ came, one of the reasons Christ came to redeem us so that we could experience what? Wholeness. He wants us to experience wholeness right here and right now. And guess what? If you're falling on your nights, notes there, redemption was for the whole person, including our bodies. Including our bodies. Last week, we began a seven-week series here to kick off 2013 as a church called Whole. The whole point of this series is that we are declaring war on the mentality that we carry around in the church today that says, I can compartmentalize my spiritual life away from the rest of my life. In other words, God, you stay over here. All the other stuff I do stays right here. No, we said last week we are simply stewards of everything we have and are. We describe God as our Lord. If we say that about Him, then He reigns and rules over every area of our life. And this series is going to be looking at six specific areas of our lives. He asks us to steward. There are plenty others we could have addressed. But this morning, I am addressing the issue of our bodies. I figured since it's close to New Year's still, everybody else is talking about your body. We might as well do it at church too. Now let me ask you a question. Audience participation, please respond to this. Raise your hand. How many of you have ever heard a message, an entire message devoted in church about your body? Raise your hand if, that, if that's true for you. I see like two hands. I uh, talked to a guy at church, been to, at the office this week. He's 57, been to church his whole life. 
And he said, I've never heard a message, an entire message. I mean, there's been snippets of it, but I've never heard an entire message about this idea of stewarding my body. And I started asking, like, well, why is that? Why don't we talk about this in the church? And I came to two conclusions about this. First of all, let's be honest, this is a touchy subject. Right? This is some personal stuff. We carry this mentality that says, it's my body. This is my body. Stay out of my business. And for too long, guess what? The church has. We've stayed out of this business. We're so afraid of offending. I can be honest with you. I'll just tell you right now. I haven't been this anxious to preach a message in years. And so we say nothing, though, because we're nervous about it. Well, I'm going to take the risk today because, quite honestly, this issue needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed. Now, listen, I... I was going to say this later, but I want to say it right up front. I understand that this can be a complex psychological issue for some. We get that. We believe that. We want to support you in that. That's not what we're dealing with here. We're just going to be talking generally about our bodies. And I know uh, that many people are going to be offended probably by what I say today. And so let me just remind you, you can always reach me at pastorjeffnelson at (laughs) cherryhillsfamily.org. It's touchy. We don't want to address it. Second reason we don't talk about the body much in church, and in my opinion, this is far more of a prevalent reason why, is because once again, guess what we've done? We have created categories that don't exist in the Bible. You uh, probably got sick of my pie charts last week, but I've got more. Are you ready? I think this is what, when we think of ourselves, our lives, our, who we are, this is what we do, Right? I mean, maybe you break it up into even more things. I mean, we can get into the dynamics of all that, you know, my mind, my spirit. But essentially, what we have done is we have broken up our lives into two categories, our spiritual and our physical. We are spiritual beings and we are physical beings, and we have separated those things from each other. Yeah? Unfortunately, the Bible says, no, don't think of yourself that way. In fact, here's how I want you to think of yourself. All of you belongs to me the whole thing the bible looks at our whole lives jesus confirmed this by the way when he was asked what is the greatest commandment that a person can follow and he quotes deuteronomy chapter 6 you know these words they're from mark chapter 12 they're on your notes read them out loud with me there it says love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength Strength. What does that refer to? It refers to the physical part of our lives, our bodies. Love the Lord, Jesus says, with your body. Don't separate it away from the rest of your life. Now understand, you've got to understand, this way of thinking where we've separated is nothing new to our culture, is it? In fact, this has existed uh, since the, the Greeks came on the scene and they started teaching people that the body was essentially evil. In fact, listen to a couple quotes here. One of them said, the body is a tomb. Another said, the body is a prison house of the soul. You know what they're saying there? The soul is what matters. The soul is what is important. The body does not matter. In fact, they thought the body was a hindrance. Some even taught it's evil. The theological word that the New Testament writers had to start addressing then, because this was going on in the early churches, the theological word we use today is called dualism. 
I mean, just think about dual. What does that mean? It means we've separated something into two things that aren't supposed to be separated. And yet that's what the people in the, the early church were doing. And so the New Testament writers were addressing this lie of dualism. Because think about where that can lead. It leads to one of two false ways of thinking. And this is what was happening, literally. Either if I think my body is less important or doesn't matter, I need to discipline it. I need to bring it into self-control so that it doesn't get in the way of the more important things of my soul, right? I mean, just discipline your body. Or if the body doesn't matter, what, what else can happen? I can do whatever I want. If my soul is what matters to God, I can do whatever I please in my body. And this was going on in the early churches. They had to address it. It was important as well because think about Jesus, who they claimed was 100% human and 100% God. And they would say, well, if the body's evil, maybe he wasn't 100% human. Why would God take up human flesh? Now, I'm going to talk more about those two views I just mentioned there, either, you know, discipline it or do whatever I want because let's just be honest that's still that's still the issues at hand today for us but before we get there because you've never heard a message on the body before and you're still thinking why are we wasting an entire message on this in church listen I've talked to enough people usually men and I, t- I start talking about this and I get the eye roll well you just want me to look good for my casket what does this really matter If you're following on your notes, I want to prove to you this morning that God speaks often about the importance of our bodies. God speaks often about the importance of our bodies. In fact, did you know that more than any other religion in the world, our Judeo-Christian roots hold the highest view of the body? And the reason for that is going to become clear as we examine Scripture. In fact, let's go back to the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1, God created a physical world and said, what about it? This is good. This is some good stuff. And he created man and woman in his image. And part of that meant he gave them bodies and said, this is very good. This is good. God doesn't see physical as evil. Second reason we know the body is important. Listen, I don't know if you've ever tried to work your way through the Old Testament, but it starts to get pretty tough in like Leviticus and Numbers, right? Because there's all these rules and all these laws. But do you know what a lot of those rules and laws are actually about? They're about protecting the sanctity of the human body. They're holding the body in high regard, not just our bodies, but the bodies of others, right? There's a lot of rules about how to protect people from violence and abuse and starvation and mistreatment of any kind. Many of the laws God gave to his people, including the Sabbath, were intended to help us care for our bodies. Third reason we know bodies are important is because when God decided to come into the world, he did it in what? A human body. He could have come as just some floating spirit or something, but no, he dignified the human body. We call it the incarnation. And not only that, if you've read through the Gospels, you probably have discovered that Jesus spends one-third of his time while here on earth healing, touching, ministering to physical needs of people. He shows us just exactly how much the body was worth to God. Still not convinced? Let me give you a fourth reason. When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose in what? A resurrected body, it says. 
And it also tells us in Scripture that we too, when we rise one day with the Lord, we will be given a new body, a perfected body that we will enjoy throughout all eternity. So important are bodies that they are going to continue into eternity. Now, not the same, and I don't understand all the mysteries of that, but I do think as I read more about that, you can read about it in 1 Corinthians 15, there's a suggestion that the way we steward our bodies here on earth is going to have some impact on our glorified bodies in heaven. Now the fifth and final reason we can know that our bodies are important to God comes from the passage I want us to camp out in a little bit this morning here, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You're wondering if we're ever going to get to the Bible, here you go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is the most important passage in the Bible, in the New Testament, about the importance of our bodies. If you're getting used to where things are in your Bible, 1 Corinthians is about four-fifths of the way back in your Bible. If you go to Romans, just turn to the right. Uh, If you get to 2 Corinthians, guess what? You've gone too far. It's amazing how that works. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Now listen. We do this all the time. Now I'm going to have you read those out loud with me on your notes, and you're like, why did I even bother turning there? Well, keep it open, because I'm going to come back and uh, look at some of the previous verses. But really, here is the conclusion of Paul's argument that we're going to talk about in a minute. These are some very important verses. Let's read them out loud on our notes there. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, Therefore, honor God with your bodies. If you're following on your notes, a final reason we can know that our bodies are important to God is because God, through the Holy Spirit, resides in our bodies. God, through the Holy Spirit, resides in our bodies. This is like, right? Paul calls it the mystery of the gospel. Christ in me, the hope of God. Of glory. If you're a Christian, you bear the person of the Holy Spirit in your body. Not only did God create bodies and say they're good, not only did He make all kinds of rules to protect the human body, not only did He come incarnated, fully God, fully human, not only did He rise again from death in a body, and He's going to promise the same to us, but right now, if you are a Christian, He abides in your body. Do you need any further proof that the body is important to God? The image Paul uses there is one I, I think even in our society people know this, right? We are temples of the Holy Spirit. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now let me ask you, in the Old Testament, what was the purpose of the temple? What was said about the temple? The temple was the place where the presence of the living God of the universe was said to dwell. In a similar way, what is Paul saying here? We are the temple today. We are the place. Our bodies carry with us the very presence of the living God. Now listen, that doesn't just mean when you're doing spiritual things. Like when I pray, yeah. No, all the time. Now we can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? But the Holy Spirit never leaves us. He's with us all the time. We carry the Spirit in our bodies. If you're following on your notes, I like how Andy Stanley says, and by the way, he did a whole series on caring for your bodies. How awesome is that? I got one message. Our body was created for God, by God, to honor God. Our body was created for God, by God, to honor God. It is important to God. 
And that's why we need to talk about it in the church. Now, what does it look like to honor God with our bodies? Well, the word honor, again, if you're following on your notes there, just means to reflect the glory of God by the way we live. When I want to honor someone, I reflect them by the way I live. I reflect the glory of God by the way I live. That means my actions, my lifestyle, my choices. When I choose to honor God, always have in mind His glory, His purposes, and His kingdom. Paul says He bought us with a price. What was that price? It's His Son. And we now belong to Him, and because we do, we honor Him with our bodies. Paul takes this so seriously, he even compares it to a way we worship, right? I know a lot of you are familiar with this verse, but let's read it out loud together. Romans 12.1, Paul says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We can't think of our bodies dualistically anymore. When you think about your life, we think it like this. They're joined together. Now listen, this is what the Corinthians were doing in the passage we read, though. They had this dualistic understanding, and it's still what we do in our society today. And the result, as I said, is we've carried around these two false ways of thinking with us. You remember the two I was telling you about? Let me just narrow that down for you, because we find ourselves, I believe every one of us here can find ourselves into one of these two extremes. What are the extremes? If we don't view our bodies as being important, if you're following, there is a danger of worshiping or neglecting our bodies. There is a danger of worshiping or neglecting our bodies. Now listen, I was thinking about this this week. Whenever you're preparing something, your mind is always on it. And I was watching TV, and it just struck me. All you got to do is watch like two minutes of commercials to know. These are still the mentalities we carry in our world today. One commercial, I'm watching a sale for Big Mac, large fries, supersized Coke me. And then the very next commercial is for Bally's Fitness Center. And how you, you too can look like this or that. I mean, this is still the two views that our culture holds today. And I'm just going to tell you, you have a tendency. I have a tendency to lean into one of those two extremes. Worship or neglect. We can become extreme in our health, in our desire for health, right? It can become all-consuming. Or we can be neglectful of our bodies because we don't think they really matter. What, I mean, what does it really matter in the end? And it's that second view that the Corinthians had. That's why I wanted you to keep your Bibles open. You still got them here? This is the issue Paul is addressing. Can I do whatever I want in my body? Look at verse 12. This is the context of those amazing words, verses 19 and 20. I have the right to do anything, you say. He's quoting a popular saying that the Corinthians had there. I'm free in Christ. I can do anything. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. Again, he quotes them. But I will not be mastered by anything. They had this saying, look, our bodies and our souls are separate. Therefore, I can do whatever I want with on my body. And it has no impact at all on my soul. That sounds fairly contemporary, doesn't it? Now, in this case, Paul is going to specifically be addressing the issue of sexual immorality. 
literally, and I'm sorry if this is a little too graphic for you, but it is what it is. The Corinthian believers, I mean, we're talking about the church now. People in the church were sleeping with prostitutes and then coming to church on Sunday and saying, there's no problem here. I don't see what the big problem is here. My soul and my body are not connected. And Jesus, Paul says, we're putting an end to that way of thinking. Your body and your soul are intimately connected. And while we're not hopefully talking about such a big issue as prostitution in the church, pretty sure that's not going on. We can apply this to any issue that deals with our body. Gluttony, drunkenness, what we watch with our eyes. I mean, you name it. There's a connection between our physical life and our spiritual life. In fact, look at what Paul says in verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute or abuse it with overeating or drunkenness or pornography or whatever? What does he say? Never. It's the strongest word he could have possibly used. God forbid we think that way. We can't separate our body from our soul because our body belongs to Christ. I'm starting to get real scared right now, aren't you? (laughs) The Greek word Paul uses literally in those verses is that we are glued together. You are glued together with Christ. So intimate is that union when you became a Christian. You are now glued to Him. You have become one. So how can we? View our bodies any other way than as a temple. Now let me ask you a question. This is where this is going to get hard. What do you call something when you take something sacred, something that was created to be sacred, and use it for a non-sacred purpose? What is that called? Let's say I, I need to start a fire, and I start tearing pages out of my Bible, and I use it to start the fire. What would we call that? Sacrilegious. Taking something sacred... And not using it for its intended purpose. So let me ask you, what happens? What happens in the mind of God when we take this incredible gift that he's entrusted to us called our bodies and we don't take care of it? When we don't use it for its intended purpose, when we abuse it? Listen, you are glued together with him. This was hugely important for me. I struggled with this in college, I used to think, I think like so many of us think, like I can go and watch all these horrible movies, I can listen to this music, and it has no impact at all on my soul. Have you ever thought that? We've all thought that. We've all thought that. And yet, what Paul is trying to help us see is that it does have an impact. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, Christ is in you. And I literally had to start saying to myself, I'm bringing Christ into this movie theater with me. Is this going to be awkward? Hey, Jesus, can you just close your eyes for this part? I needed to do that. I needed to remind myself that I am the custom-designed creation, an amazing creation, by the sovereign God of the universe who bought me, who bought me with a huge price, and now he takes residence up in my body. So if you're falling on your notes there, when we neglect our body, we're not treating it as God's temple. Several years ago, I had a knee surgery. Imagine that, I had a surgery. It's hard to believe. And uh, I was driving a stick shift at the time, 
and uh, a, a couple in our church uh, said, hey, why don't you use our car? And it happened to be a very, very nice car, nicest car I've ever driven. And all they said is, we just have one rule for you. Can you just put in super unleaded fuel? You can't put in the other stuff. Just make sure you put the best gas in this while you drive it. I'm like, all right. And I drove it for about two weeks. Now, can you imagine when the first time I needed to go fill that up, I took it to the cheapest gas station and put the dirtiest quality gasoline you can imagine in that car? You'd think, man, he did not take care of this expensive gift that's been entrusted to him. You know where I'm going with this? In this text we just read, it says, you were bought with a high price, higher than that car even. You were bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. So honor God with your body. Steward it. Are you? Look, I'm not talking about guilt right now. It's my biggest fear in preaching this message, that we're going to walk out of here defeated and say, oh, man, everybody's getting on me about this. No, guilt gets us nowhere. Have we all failed in this? Have we all neglected our bodies or abused in our bodies in different ways? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. I'm simply asking, can we start viewing our bodies differently? Can we stop separating it and start saying, my body holds the Holy Spirit. It was bought with a price. I want to honor God with my body. Now, a word for you who worship your bodies. Of course, nobody here, I guarantee it, not one of you thinks, well, I worship my body. Nobody does, right? I mean, worship, we just worship God. I mean, we sang songs to our Lord. None of us have ever stood in front of a mirror and sung a song about ourselves, right? I stand amazed in the presence. <laughs> Actually, I've been to gyms, and I'm pretty sure there are some who do that, but worship, no, I don't worship my body. But what is worship? Really, what is it? All, honestly, all worship is, if, you're, if you want a definition, is placing high value or worth on something. It's placing high value or high worth on something. So, how do you know when you're placing high value or worth on a thing? It comes down to this every time, in my opinion. You may disagree. Every time, it comes down to on what are the things I'm investing the most amount of time into and what are the things I'm investing the most amount of money into, Right? I value the stuff that I put my time and my money and my effort into. Those are the things I value. Now listen, I know you don't think you body worshipers are worshiping your body. Your thought is, I'm just taking care of myself. Here's what I just want to say to you. If you were to take your calendar and you were to add up all the time and all the money and all the energy you spend into making sure you're healthy and to making sure you're looking good and to all those things, and you were to weigh that against the time you are spending investing into God's kingdom, whatever that might look like, where would that come out? If you're placing more time and money and energy on your body, then I hate to tell you this, but you're at least in danger of placing your body above the worship of the Lord. Now, if neglecting our body is sacrilege, what does the Bible call it when somebody takes the created thing and worships it instead of the creator? What is that called? I didn't hear you. Idolatry. That's a big word. God hates idolatry. In fact, later in 1 Corinthians, because the Corinthians are struggling with all these things, he says, 
Paul says, flee from idolatry. And all I'm saying is if we're not careful, if you're on your notes, when we worship our body, we're placing it above the Lord. We can make our bodies an idol. I mean, tell me that isn't happening in our culture today. Who are the people that we idolize? Just go to the grocery store and look at the magazine racks. It's the actors and actresses. It's the people who look good. Models. I mean, we idolize it. That's what we want. Now, Paul knew this was a danger for anyone. And so he writes these words to Timothy. Uh, I have them on your notes there. Would you read them? From 1 Timothy 4, it says, Train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now, I don't know how you read those verses. I mean, if you read them, if you're hitting, you're going, well, physical training is of some value. Well, then you're not going to take taking care of your body very seriously. But what if we actually read it? Like, it is of some value. It is good. It is necessary to take care of our battles and bodies. And I want to say, none of the things we, we do, even you worshipers, none of the things you do are bad. We should eat well. We should rest. We need clothes, right? Those are all important and good. I'm going to tell you right now, our family is all about being healthy. It's a good thing to pursue. But again, the question isn't, is being healthy good? Yes, it's good. The only question is, have I placed that above the position it deserves? Am I training more in that, in looking good, in exercise and health, than I am in training for godliness? Eternity is a long time. But Paul says, that has value. That has value for both the present life and the life to come. Now here are some tests for, if you lean on this side, have, I just got to ask you. You still don't think you worship your body? I'll ask you. Are you ever satisfied with the way you look? Can you ever truly be skinny enough or healthy enough or strong enough or beautiful enough? The honest answer for some is no. And so what can happen is we can allow this wonderful, good, amazing thing God has given us, our bodies, and they can become an idol. We take the creation and we place it in the place where the creator belongs. So where do you fall on those two extremes? Do you lean one way or the other? I mean, I know I do. You can probably tell, right? That was supposed to be funny. <laughs> that is not the way I lean, to be honest with you. Again, I'm going to say this at least three times. I'm not making this to f- saying all this to make us feel bad. I'm saying this because why are we here? We are addressing the issue as a church that we are stewards of everything God has given us, everything we are. He has entrusted to us these amazing things called our bodies for his purposes, and we want to honor him that way. That's why we're talking about it. So what does that look like for you this year? Have you made some resolutions with the rest of the country? What does it look like for you to honor God with your body? For those of you who lean towards worship, it's real simple for me. I don't even have anything on my notes there for you. It might just be time that you do an honest assessment. Just sit down, ask God to search your heart, look at your calendar, look at your checkbook, and make an honest assessment. Lord, am I placing this above you? And if you are, he is waiting there to give you grace and to get you back on the right path. 
For those of us who lean towards neglecting, let me just mention a number of things we need to consider in order to honor God with our bodies. Uh, Number one, I'd be totally remiss not to mention this in light of the passage we just read there. Commit to keeping your body sexually pure. Commit to keeping your body sexually pure. This really deserves an entire message, but listen. When you think the Bible was written over 2,000 years ago and you realize what was going on in the church at Corinth, it's still pretty relevant today, wouldn't you say? I mean, the cultures we're dealing with here are very similar. And what the Bible prohibits, what Paul is talking about, is this thing you see over and over again. It's called sexual immorality. Avoid sexual immorality. What's sexual immorality? I'll give you a definition. Sexual immorality is any sexual intimacy outside of a one flesh union between a male and female in marriage. Any. This is confirmed throughout the Bible by Jesus himself. It's confirmed. And I think when we're considering this issue, Paul would want us to ask the same question that he asked the Corinthians. Do you not know? Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Do you need to do what I needed to do? I'm carrying Christ with me into this movie theater. When I'm looking at the computer, whatever it might be. Now, I know this seems so out of date and irrelevant, so behind the times, but I I really think, I love what Paul says in these verses. I think what we often sometimes mask is freedom. I mean, we call that real freedom, right? I'm free to do whatever I want, just like the Corinthians said. That's freedom. I think he understood something about that. Sometimes the things we think are actually giving us freedom are the things that end up bonding us, right? Enslaving us. I've talked to enough men who deal with pornography. I mean, whatever the statistics are, it's the same in the church as it is in the world. And what they think is this free choice to click something on a computer ends up being the very thing that enslaves them. They will admit that and acknowledge that they cannot break free. So what if God knows what he's talking about here? What if he knows what true freedom can be found? What if he's not a killjoy? What if he wants us to experience sexual intimacy in the way that he designed us to experience because he knows it's the best thing for us? You're going to have to answer those questions yourself. But I think, I think he knows what he's doing. Number two, I'm sorry to get all Dr. Oz on you right now, but commit to eating more healthy. You want to honor your body? Commit to eating more healthy. Not, I don't think any of us sat down on New Year's Eve said, I want to gain 15 more pounds in 2013. I think almost every single one of us in this room, even if we didn't write it down, we're thinking, yeah, I'd like to get a little bit healthier this year. That'd be a good thing for me. Well, guess what? Being healthier begins with eating healthier. Every talk show in America is telling you this right now, so I don't need to repeat it. Like I said, I understand eating is a serious, complex issue for some. It's not what we're dealing with here. What we're dealing with here is that in the last 20 years in the United States of America, obesity has doubled for adults, tripled for adolescents. It's an epidemic, and too long the church has sat on the sidelines and said, well, that has nothing to do with us. It does. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 10. I like this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We can honor God by what we choose to put in our bodies. Listen, there are all kinds of awesome programs out there. I'm not here to talk about them. I would say if that helps you do it, 
Do it. Here's the main thing I will tell you. I know this from experience. Find someone else to do it with you. Find an accountability partner. As iron sharpens iron, right? So we sharpen each other. I can't do it by myself. I've tried too many New Year's resolutions, and unless I have somebody breathing down my back saying, don't eat that. How'd you do today? Let's encourage each other. I'm going to fail. Third area we can honor God with our bodies is to commit to staying active through exercise. Next to the food we put in our body, exercise is the best investment you can make. Remember what Timothy said, or Paul said to Timothy? Physical training is of some value. He knows what he's talking about. It is. You know the statistics. Listen to some of the benefits. Exercise increases energy levels, elevates metabolism, improves blood circulation, strengthens muscles, strengthens bones, decreases blood pressure, reduces stress, increases efficiency of the digestive system, develops aerobic capacity, improves sleep patterns. How much more effective would we be at work or at home or in this world as disciples of God's kingdom if that described us? I had a friend this week who went after this this last year, and she got really in shape. And she had a question. She's like, well, how do I honor God by this? How does this actually glorify God? And so I said, well, are you more alert at work? Are you able to invest more time into your friendships and into your relationships? Do you feel better about those things? She's like, yeah. Well, then that honors God. That's a good thing that honors God. Here's my advice to you on this one. Do something you like to do. I've heard people say, I hate running. And then, bam, January 1st, I'm going to go run on the treadmill. <laughs> How long will that last? Been there, done that. I hate running. Find something you like to do and do it. I like to play basketball. I like to cycle. Some of you might like to dance. Do something you like to do. You're much more likely to keep doing it. Last thing I'll mention we can honor the Lord is when we commit to getting proper rest. Commit to getting proper rest. I see all you yawning right now. I just saw it. God actually speaks a lot about this in the Bible, right? So much so, check this out. He instituted a no work rest only for an entire day, one out of every seven days. It's called Sabbath. It's one of the big ten. Number four, actually, remember the Sabbath day and keep it Holy, keep it separate. Holy means separate. Don't work. Rest. God knows us. He knows from the beginning we need to rest. He himself rested, and yet we think we can just disregard this today. And we wonder why sleep deprivation has become an epidemic, why stress levels are at an all-time high. Listen, my advice to you if you struggle with resting is I've got just out of the Journal of American Medical Association, this is the most newest effective technique for you to gain more rest. You ready? Pop in one of my sermons when you go to bed. <laughs> Guaranteed to work. Guaranteed to work. Do you take that seriously, though? Are you teaching your kids? Man, we run our kids ragged. <laughs> Are we teaching our kids to rest? Friends, you're probably wondering, what, what is the point of all this? I wondered, should I really be talking about all this? I'm not just trying to help you look better in your casket. Let's remind ourselves what the point of all this is. We are his disciples, and he has sent us into a mission in this world, right? We are on mission, and to do that, we need to steward our bodies for the king. He bought us with a price, and the way we use our bodies 
either honors him or it doesn't. There's a Scottish pastor who's long gone, but he's probably one of the most famous. His name was Robert Murray McShane. Died when he was 29 years old, and yet he's still considered to be probably one of the most preeminent preachers ever in Scotland. And the reason he died, he admitted it himself, is he did not take care of his body. He said to a friend, I didn't take care of the horse God gave me to ride. I didn't take care of the horse God gave me to ride. Are you? Don't you know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I've said it before. I'll say it again. My biggest fear in this message is that you're going to walk out of here feeling defeated. I've tried. Some of us have tried and failed so often that we can barely summon the courage to try again, but he is the God of second chances, the God of third chances. Here's my thing. I need his help to do it, though. I can't just do it because I want smaller clothing sizes. i got to go after this because I believe that is a way I can honor him. Christ died to save not just a part of you, but all of you, body and soul. If you're following on your notes, my question as we close is, will I steward my body in a way that honors the Lord? Will I steward my body in a way that honors the Lord? Let's pray. Lord, I want to be the first one to stand in line and confess to you that I have not always stewarded my body in a way that honors you. The truth is, I can lean both of those two extremes. I can place my body higher than it deserves to be, and I can neglect it and forget that it's a temple. It's a gift. We confess that as a sin. And Lord, my prayer this week has been that we could hear this message with truth and grace. And it's your grace that I'm calling upon now. Help us not to be defeated, discouraged, run down. That's not how you want us to be right now. Help us instead to be encouraged, to have hope. Help us to find accountability partners and others who can come along aside of us in this. Thank you that you gave us bodies. Help us to honor you with them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.